Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, I imagine there will be quite a lot of chafing going on. To be honest, I mean, look, you've, you've got your wonderful sponsor, Runderwear, that are going to help yeah. you with that. I actually Very half kind. wondered when I connected with you on Zoom. I half expected you to be sat there in your just your Runderwear pants. Actually, I'm pleased you're not. I'm so sorry <laughs> to disappoint you. I'll, I'll, I'll be back two minutes. Let me go and get changed. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional plod. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. I am indeed your host, Jake Lowe. For those of you that don't know, I'm a running coach, which is one of the reasons we started this podcast in the very early stages of 2020 to motivate and inspire. Little did we know that a few months later, the world was going to be upside down in turmoil with the pandemic. If we ever needed a dose of running motivation, motivation in all forms, it is right now. And that's what this show is all about. No matter what challenges you may be experiencing in life at the moment, wherever you're listening to this, whatever you have that's going off in your life that perhaps isn't so great, this is the comfortable space for you. I think a comfortable space is really important. And um, not least for you, mate, it's been um, it's been a tricky, a tricky few days, hasn't it, for you? It's been interesting, Pete, for sure. It's been... Some of the listeners of the show may know this. I did share this on Facebook the other day and I was unsure whether to share it, but, you know, we, we, we share things. I I see... We see the listeners of the show as friends, family, you know. It's not just a show that we're putting out there to, to kind of... to fall on deaf ears, as it were, you know, your family. And, and we like to keep things very real. And, yeah, last week was pretty... It was pretty challenging, and I don't feel special in that. We're all, we all have these difficulties in life, don't we? It's just the situation may vary. But yeah, the kind of week kicked off, really. Martina, my girlfriend, got a call. Uh, she's Italian, so her family is over in Italy. She got a call uh, telling her that her, her grandma had, had passed away. Obviously not the best news at all for anybody to hear or experience. I think made even harder, naturally, by the fact that she can't see them. Yeah. You know, it's difficult anyway, even if you're in the same country, it's potentially still very difficult, as we know. But being so far away, you know, she's in England there, and it, it did make it very difficult. So that didn't kind of start the week off very well, and that was on Monday. It's not like she could jump on a plane and go, oh, I'm going to go be uh, with my family right now. She can't. There's That option's taken away from you, so, yeah, it... I think it, that makes the impact greater. And we know that you can build meaningful relationships via the likes of, whether it's Facebook Messenger as we speak now, whether it's Zoom, picking up the phone, FaceTime. You really can, you know, just seeing a happy, smiley mm. face on the other end of the phone, on the video, talking. It, it's powerful stuff, but it can't be a direct replacement for actually having that contact contact with somebody, that physical contact, and being able to hug them when they really need a hug, you know. So that was difficult. We were kind of dealing with that. Obviously, you sort of not really know how you're feeling. And then on Wednesday of the same week, I got a, a message to say that my grandma had suffered a, a stroke and she was she was in hospital back up in Derby. I'm down in Bristol in, in the UK. And some of you may know my grandma is a uber positive lady. We, we do mention her on the show and she has been on the show in a very early episode actually we we did we did have her on the show your grandma i feel like she's the grandma of our generation i think she's just brilliant and i lost my grandma many years ago so um I, you know when i when i speak to you about your grandma and i say how's your grandma it's not because i'm saying hey how's your grandma mate it's because i genuinely want to know how your grandma is because when i've met your grandma she's been absolutely brilliant and i've not seen her for years but she is she's great she's the she she's the like i, I guess um final 
remaining member of your your close family so you know and when when i heard that that news i was on the phone to you to say mate you okay you know because it's a big that's a big one that is yeah you did you did you did reach out and call me and i really appreciated that and i noticed that it was always difficult to phrase that it's got a last remaining kind of member uh, i know like, it, it is, is yes. difficult you yes. know basically you know that mum and dad are no longer around and it's kind of just just grandma and, and things but she's you know she's like a beacon of light she's awesome super positive she could do this show she's like me times 50 you know she's she's amazing she's brilliant. She's brilliant. so it wasn't the best news that she was obviously in in hospital with a stroke if anybody's going to come through at the other side then then she certainly is and actually she's now out of hospital by the way which is just incredible i mean that's so good i didn't even know that that's awesome that's brilliant which, which if anybody's going to come through this it would be her no question there's no keeping her down i'll tell you that so that was wednesday and then on thursday martina gets another call telling her that her other grandma has passed away oh and you kind of go what i mean you know Mm. depending on your belief system it's easy to think oh what did i do wrong in a former life i don't think that i just think coincidences happen but man you don't write that stuff i mean that's pretty that's that's pretty mm. that's pretty hardcore. So yes, it, it has been a very a very challenging week, and the amount of people that reach out and support listeners of the show, mm. you know, and, and people reaching out on Facebook, close friends like yourself, the support is just incredible, and that really it kind of overwhelms me. And I find that just it's just such a wonderful thing. I think this show it's been accidental, and we started it just over a year ago. We've created more than a show, and this I don't mean it to sound like self-indulgent or anything but it's more of a community do you know what i mean it's like we reach out we talk to each other and and it's a it's a it's a community that's been created which is absolutely brilliant you're absolutely right Pete. only yesterday i got a message on instagram from tanya who is a patron of the show just sending me her wishes and big hugs and, and support for me and martina and that's the community that we've built here which is incredible so I don't often ask favours on the show. It's normally you asking favours, Pete. You're normally begging for money or asking for ratings and reviews. <laughs> I'm not begging. I am going to ask a favour today. <laughs> no matter where you are listening to this show, I want us all to agree, we're going to put our hands in, we're going to make a pact here, that for the rest of the show, we stay positive. We think about the good things in our life. We stay grateful. That is my request today we need to stay positive let's do it i think that's a fair enough request and i think it's going to be easy as well because we've got a great guest on the show we've got scott who's brilliant we've got um a really informative and 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 great ask jake which is the uh, the interactive part that we do um there's some great positivity going on which is great we're all of a like mind which is fantastic so it's going to be easy for the next half an hour 35 40 minutes whatever it happens to be to remain positive and great so it's a deal then yeah, it's a deal. And then, of course, as soon as the show ends, we can go back to panic, fear, and doom! For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Some people are nuts, some people like doing nuts things, and some people are both. I need to know, Scott, which category you fall into, my friend. I think it's probably both. And it's a real pleasure to meet you. And I, I, that is possibly my favourite introduction to any podcast. So f- thanks for that, Jake. And thoroughly accurate as well. 
Thanks, mate. We like to be different, you know, on the show. We do like to be different. It's it's just such a pleasure to chat to you. I mean, we, we obviously had a little bit of a catch-up just before we started this record. It's Monday evening. It's dark. We've had busy days. We're chilling out. I understand you've got a run. Are you running this evening or is it tomorrow you've got a big run? Yeah, I've got a crazy week of mileage ahead of me, actually. So I did uh, 3.5 miles um, before I came on air to speak to yourself just wanted to kind of get the mileage down for the night because I've still got another nine miles I need to do after I finish chatting to you and then um, I'm going to eat my tea and then jump straight on the treadmill and start running and just kind of get those nine miles done because I've got another nine mile session tomorrow and then I've got a rest day on Wednesday which I'm really excited about Thursday I've got another rest day and then Friday I've got um, a really pretty difficult day actually so got a very early start um for 12 miles then i've got a very late start for 18 miles followed by a very very early start for 18 miles on a treadmill followed by 21 miles on sunday so um it's the start of a really eventful week for me so it's great to come on your show and talk about running motivation because hopefully some of that might rub off on me because i need it today Man, well, we'll do what we'll do what we can. Hey, with our powers combined. So, so really, the first question, my opening gambit was, where do you fall? We, you know, which category? And clearly, yes, it's doing nuts stuff, and you're a little bit nuts as well to be doing these nuts things. And I say that with a smile because w- normally what I do is I, I when I give the intro to our guests, I sort of say what they're doing, what they're up to, if they've got any lofty challenges. I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that with you, Scott. I want to hand the stage over to you because this is just, and this is your baby, isn't it? You've created this. It's not something that is a kind of a, a, an official event you've created this so tell me what you're doing so over the course of the last 10 years I've um, created and, and run different challenges around the world myself and my brother we ran 2,000 miles from Boston in Massachusetts to Austin in Texas that was a marathon a day for 75 days that was back in 2010 that kind of kick-started everything and then over the course of the last 10 years, we've done different challenges, run around uh, the circumference of Iceland. I've run across Death Valley twice, but not as part of the official race, uh, just to go and do it in the heat of the summer to see what it was like, knowing that one day I'd love to apply to Bad Water and run that race. So um, last year, obviously, you know, COVID, very difficult year for everyone. Um, and we're still, you know, in a very, very difficult time. And I, I'm very mindful of the fact that running is a hobby but it's also been a hobby to me, which, you know, I use for physical and mental well-being, but also as a as a way to raise money for charity. And I, I can't help but think, you know, charities have had a very difficult time over the course of the last 12 months. So um, I decided in 2021 I'd like to create my own kind of challenge. But with the limitations around work, it's very difficult to convince my boss to allow me 75 days to go and do a multi-day event. Um, so I came up with a compromise, which um, he really likes. So basically, I've created um, a challenge, which I'm calling the Grand Slam of Ultra Running. Um, it's five races in five months. They're five of what I would consider the, the toughest races on the planet. Uh, the first one is the Cocodona 250 miler down in Arizona at the beginning of May. Touch wood if uh, Boris will let me out of the country to go and run that one. The second one is a race that I'm sure many of your listeners will be familiar with, which is the Badwater 135, which is a um, 135 mile foot race across Death Valley in the heat of summer. Um, the temperatures there range up to about 52 to 54 degrees Celsius. So, um, so you, you've never done that 
but you're familiar with the course or you're familiar with the area through through doing it twice? Yeah, so I was very kind of mindful that to, to get an invite to run in that race is extremely difficult, it's extremely competitive. So I figured that one way I could kind of build my running CV was to go and run that course twice in the heat of summer so that, you know, I can get the experience, it builds my um, CV out a little bit and I could then apply to the race director and say, hey, look, you know, I've got experience, I've done all these 100 mile races and multi-day events, you know, maybe one day you'll give me a shot. So yeah, got the shot to do that last year. Obviously COVID put that on hold. So I realised that because it was being moved to 2021, it gave me a unique opportunity to do five races and create this grand slam if you will so yeah it's the coca donor 250 Badwater 135 in july in death valley um august the 10th and this is a really difficult turnaround less than a month later bad waters on the 19th of july august the 10th is bigfoot 200 up in uh, washington in the cascade mountains so uh, again for your listeners it's called bigfoot 200 because that's where allegedly bigfoot lives apparently if you ask people up that way well, um, you can report back i'll report back on any sightings maybe you know get some photos from a distance but the photos are always shaky they never get a good photo do they <laughs> you got um, it <laughs> and then a uh, month later, or just under a month later, I think it's September the 7th to 8th, um, around that date, I'm down in Tahoe, running the Tahoe 200 miler around uh, the circumference of Lake Tahoe. Uh, that'll be really, really exciting because it's a beautiful part of the world. And then um, October the 7th or 8th, I am going back to a race that I've already finished, which is the Moab 240 and that'll be the fifth race of the the Grand Slam for me. So, yeah, it's just kind of a unique event. It was, I realised it was a unique opportunity for me to go and do these five races. So, you know, with everything being so bad last year, why not use that hobby for some good and have a little adventure along the way, I guess. I mean, you talk about raising money, obviously, for charities, but clearly, you know, struggled through this time. It's been really harsh, as we know. And raising money for Operation Smiles UK, which, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's free surgery, effectively, for children and adults affected by cleft lip and cleft palates, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I was very lucky to, to go on a, um, a mission to Makele in Ethiopia a couple of years ago. Uh, and essentially, it's interventional surgery for children with cleft lip, cleft palate. It costs about 150 quid to put a smile back on someone's face. And I just can't help but think, you know, smiling is such a, a thing that we take for granted on a day-to-day basis. And you know, people with cleft deformities are quite often ostracised from their society. So anything that I can do to kind of, you know, help people and put a smile back on a few faces is a good thing, I guess. You know, it's so funny you say that. We already talked about motivation during this brief chat so far and, and it, you know, it's massively important. As soon as we connected on Zoom, we're talking now, I can see you on the screen. As soon as you flashed up on the camera, both sort of smiling at each other, hey, how you doing? You know, we've never really connected before in this way. We've sent a couple of messages. It's massively powerful, isn't it? Just to see a smile, you know, is massively powerful. So I think that's just such a worthy, a worthy cause. You could have just done a local virtual 10K to raise money. You could have done a, a 5K sponsored walk. Why go to these lengths? I mean, this is just... Where, where did the idea come from? I mean, I know there was a little bit of, well... Bad water last year didn't happen, pushed into this year. Maybe this is a unique, a unique opportunity. But surely that didn't enter your head straight away, right? Surely there must have been like a process. Were you looking for something gargantuan in terms of a, a, a homemade challenge? Obviously in 2020, there's a lot of people doing like FKTs and stuff. And 
I've done a lot of my own challenges in the past and I had such a great experience running Moab a couple of years ago. It was um, an incredible race, beautiful, beautiful scenery. And I just thought, well, you know, I could go back and do that race. And the completing the free 200 milers, the Tahoe, the Moab and the Bigfoot is considered the triple crown. And, you know, being from Wales originally and seeing us fail at winning the Grand Slam on many occasions, I thought, this is it. This is my opportunity to <laughs> finally bring home another Grand Slam for Wales. So, um, yeah, I guess I borrowed the terminology from um, Welsh rugby. But the real kind of driver for me, and it always has been in a way, is that when I was um, probably about 10 years ago now, when I, I was in my kind of late 20s, early 30s, I, I'm 40 now, turn 40 this year, um, I was working as a personal trainer down in Cardiff and we came up with this idea to run from Boston to Austin. And at that time, I was working with um, uh, patients who'd had you know, heart attacks and phase four cardiac rehab. And it, it just struck me that these people had a kind of a different perspective on life. It was almost like they'd been given a second chance, which, in, you know, of course, they, they kind of have been, you know, coming through that surgery and coming through that kind of um, uh, illness. So it kind of motivated me to want to do more to, to help worthy causes. I've done some stuff for the Heart Foundation. Um, and I guess it was that. And also, you know, thinking to the point of, well, they seem to have a new lease on life. What did I really want to look back on at the end of my life and be kind of proud and and semi, you know, kind of happy about. And for me, it was like, well, actually, you know, the things that I personally feel like I'll reflect on is it, it isn't going to be, oh, you know, I can remember watching Liverpool win the, the Champions League in 2005. Yeah, sure, I can. But actually, I think the things that we'll all reflect on in life are the times when we did good to kind of help others and we had a little adventure along the way. And that's always kind of been the motivation, eh, to help others and have a little adventure and you know hopefully that might when I'm on my deathbed and my knees are gone completely then maybe I might look back on that positively I guess I mean I see on your Instagram it's it's Scott Jenkins ultra running adventurer I mean I, I just I love that because it just makes you it's 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 intriguing it's tell me more it's do you feel sometimes and I don't know if you're with me on this Scott I love the off-road. I don't do anything like you do, but I love getting out there and exploring. If I move around the country through my girlfriend Martina's job, I just love, right, getting the OS map. Where can I go and explore? Get off-road. It's like being a kid again. It's like exploring. Does that make some sense to you? I, absolutely. It makes 100%, 100% sense. I think one of the things I was reflecting on recently was when I sat in geography class, you know, as a schoolboy in Wales, I... I remember like I wasn't interested in like you know the directional flows of rivers or anything like that but I was really fascinated by just looking at maps and going oh look you know there's a kind of route through there and that's obviously been something that's been there my entire life but only really over the last 10 12 years have I kind of focused on that kind of adventure side of things and and to your point I get and I'm sure many of the listeners feel the same way I get so bored sometimes of running the same training loops I know exactly how long it's going to take. I know what bend's coming up, you know, by and large. I know what the weather's going to be like. And it becomes so mundane. And in a way, that helps me for ultra training because you're going to be out there for so long. You've got to accept, you know, that it's going to be a bit mentally draining. But also it makes you crave the, the kind of adventures of going out into the middle of nowhere, 
running and not knowing what's around the next corner, you know, thinking to yourself, okay, have I got enough water to get to the next aid station? Have I got enough calories in? And I love the problem solving side of things as well, you know, in a hundred miler, um, you know, these are, by the way, I should clarify, I guess, for, you, for your listeners, the races that I'm talking about are all non-stop. So they're not races where you, you might go to sleep for the night and get up the next morning and do the next part of the stage or whatever. These are non-stop, you know, marathons. And for me, I love that challenge of, you know, you start the race fresh and you think, well, I wonder what's going to happen during this race. And then, you know, you might start getting problems with blisters or nutrition or the heat or the colds and working through those problems becomes, you know, a mental and physical challenge that gets harder and harder the more tired you get. So um, I love that kind of side of the challenge as well. It's all it's all exciting. I, I love it. I mean, I'm fired up just listening to you, Scott. And it's not just about Thanks. fitness, is it? It's not just about the fitness. We, we A while back, we a few episodes ago, we spoke with Damien Hall, who uh, recently yeah. broke 268 miles, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, Pennine yeah. Way, great guy, like yourself, really likeable, super smart, super helpful, wants to help everybody. You know, feeling proud of himself is really important to him and, and sort of inspiring other people as well. And he, we asked him about the challenge of 268 miles, obviously, you know, this, this kind of limited sleep and whatnot. And... He loved the logistical side of it, the kind of, the strategy, the, well, it's not just, you know, a 10K kind of, it starts and it finishes because of the magnitude of it. And it's just so long and takes so long. So many different kind of moving parts and things that can go wrong effectively. And he actually, he actually really liked that. Logistically, this must be a nightmare, depending on how you view it, of course. But with these events that you've got, I know they're all in America, but how, how are you coordinating this whole thing? I mean, have you got people helping you, supporting? I know you've got some sponsors that are, are behind you. What, what's the deal? In terms of, like, paying for the experience or the suffering, paying for the suffering, I would say, Jake, I, um, I'm paying for all of that myself, of course, you know, flights and uh, the race entry fees and stuff. Um, but in terms of logistics of each race, it's going to be very difficult. It is a logistical nightmare, you know, trying to get the time off, thinking, OK, I can have one day after the race before I've got to get on the plane and come back to London and go back to work. Uh, I'm very lucky, and this is one of the things, you know, I've really enjoyed over the last 10 years is that I've been very lucky to share some of these experiences and adventures with a lot of friends and family. And this year's no different. You know, I know exactly who my crew are for Badwater, exactly who my crew are for Tahoe and Moab, I've uh, still got open spots for uh, Coca Dona and um, and Bigfoot Jake, you know. Still time, mate. Still time. <laughs> do, do you hear that? Do you hear that tumbleweed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, that's Bigfoot. That's Bigfoot in the forest. <laughs> yeah, that's what it uh, is. That's yeah. what it is. Do you have to like heat test the, your support crew for the likes of Badwater? I mean, you've got to have people that can tolerate the heat, man. I read uh, the ultramarathon, <laughs> ultramarathon man Dean Karnazes, his book, and he talks about doing Badwater. And he talks, and I don't know whether this is a little bit sensationalised, but he talks about having to run on the white painted line on the road to reflect the heat. Otherwise, he just, he's basically, his trainers, his sole of his shoes are just melting. I mean, this is El Scorchio, right? This is proper hot. Yeah, it's it's kind of melt your face off hot, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. Um, so he's absolutely 100% telling the truth. You know, I can tell you both times I've been there, my shoes have started to not just start melting onto the floor, but definitely starting to get hot and starting to not do their job and hold together properly. Um, my wife kind of scrambled an egg on the floor the one time out there. I mean, 
you're looking at a temperature off the, 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 the black tarmac there, which gets up to about 160 to 170, which is the same as a commercial oven, right? You know, it's, it, it's, it's just perspective, I guess, in terms of dealing with the heat the same way that, as you can deal with the cold, just trying to acclimatise as much as I can before I go out there. You make a very valid point about heat testing my, uh, my crew. Maybe... Maybe I need to come up with some kind of way to heat test them, kind of like almost like a waterboarding, isn't it? You know, I'll just there need you to go. Kind of there you go. Immerse, immerse them into the heat and see if that works. Basically, stand back, yeah. see what happens. You can have that one for free, honestly, Scott. It's it's not a problem. Thanks, so it's not a problem. We're note here to, to self, waterboards crew before bad water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that it. for I your listeners. It. I promise. I promise. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I will encourage them to have some sauna sessions because, in all seriousness there as, as just as much risk of you know serious heat injury as, as anyone else so yeah you've got to be sensible but putting well, I was going to say putting the heat aside but I guess in some ways it's kind of um it, it's not a case of putting it aside it needs to be factored into this next question and thought really but you know you talk about monotony of running the same routes and doing the same thing and I totally get that and I think many people listening to this will get that as well kind of same thing especially at the moment because you know we're being encouraged to run from our door rightly so back to our door we're pretty limited where we can run but when you are over there and we're talking predominantly bad water here with that heat as well and it's pretty barren from my understanding there's not a lot going on i mean how do you deal with that like because you're under it's not just boredom is it scott there's physical stress attached to this there's heat exhaustion attached to this you've got some experience i know from being over there running some of some of that distance but what where do you go in your mind have you got some coping mechanisms are you prepared for that that's a really good question um I think, you know, the first time I ran across Death Valley uh, in the, it was July, it went really well. I got everything right. I think the second time I did it, um, it didn't go as well. Um, passed out on the first day. It was just ridiculously hot. I had um, a, like an icy cold drink. I think that just overwhelmed my, uh, my body. My head started getting light, passed out. Um, anyway, carries on, and the second evening ended up in hospital. I had uh, rhabdomyolysis, which is essentially when your muscles start to break down, they emit um, creatine kinase, which is basically toxic to your kidney filters. I didn't know that at the time, but the problem for me wasn't hydration. It was actually a, a problem with um, trying to get enough calories in because all the blood, uh, all the water in your body is protecting major organs. You can't get the food in. So again, a bit, a bit geeky there on the running front. But to your point around the, the mindset piece, it, it's so important for me that I train my mind and get it into the, the right place before I go out there. So um, I am kind of working with a sports psychologist a little bit, one of uh, my wife's friends, just to do some extra training because I think that is so important. But for me, I just kind of turn my brain off, try and listen to some music and just, you know, take it in small segments and small sections. So just break it down. Similar to what I'm doing this week with the, the, the running. I know I talked to you through the entire week, but the reality is I, I don't think of anything more than, you know, I'm doing this podcast, I have some food, I'll do that run and then tomorrow's a new day. So just break it down. And the same thing with all these races, really. I think if I looked at the full five races and went, oh yeah, I'm going to run a thousand miles and like 160,000 foot of, uh, of elevation gain, you know, that's just overwhelming. So actually I just think to myself, well, I'm going to go down to Arizona, going to have an adventure. I'm going to run to the first aid station, 
do what I need to do, move on to the next aid station, go from there. Same thing with Badwater. It's a beautiful, it's actually, you know, quite a beautiful place. You'd think it's like super barren, which it is, but you notice so much more out there because it's so quiet and you're suffering so much. You've got to find something to look at. So, you know, something on the horizon, whether, you know, it's a gap through the mountains up Towns Pass or you're coming down the other side, there's always something to think about. You know, it might be a hydration, it might be a food. So it's just trying to take your mind off the the immediate problem, which is obviously the suffering and probably a lot of chafing. <laughs> I imagine there will be quite a lot of chafing going on, to be honest. I mean, look, you've, you've got your wonderful sponsor, Runderwear, that are going to help yeah. you with that. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. you know, I don't mind, don't mind giving you a little shout out, giving your sponsors a little shout out. I actually Very half kind. wondered when I connected with you on Zoom, I half expected you to be sat there in your, just your underwear pants, actually. I'm pleased you're not, if I can just I'm sorry to disappoint. I'm so sorry to <laughs> disappoint you. I'll, I'll, I'll be back in two minutes, let me go and get changed. <laughs> no chafing, it's eye-watering stuff. I, and certainly, like, after, you know, these long runs, like 240 miles, the pain from the chafing is just ridiculous when you get in the shower at the end so i feel very fortunate to have got the the underwear uh, team kind of giving me their their chafe free kit which is really cool um the other stuff which i use and you know i was an ambassador for them but i still think it's a fantastic product is um squirrel nut butter i'm not sure if you've come across that but for chafing okay no, no i haven't you get a little tub and obviously you apply it liberally and um it's fantastic very well really, well, well we really don't need a demo well. we don't need a demo he's standing <laughs> I up he he's standing to, up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sit back down let's talk about bad water when you talk about kind of going somewhere in your mind or in your case kind of not going anywhere because picking up on what you just said it's almost like you're able to do that thing that a lot of people aren't, and I include myself in that, and that's kind of be in the moment. We're always encouraged to be in the moment and think about today and think about the only thing that matters right now is the conversation you and I are having, and then tomorrow's run is tomorrow's run, tomorrow's day, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's really difficult to do, isn't it? You know, to not... How do you stop yourself just from... Is this just a natural ability you have, or do you... Do you project into the future and think, my gosh, you know, I've got another 80 miles to go. How am I going to do that? Because I think most people would feel like that and think that way yeah you're, you're absolutely right i i don't think it's a natural thing i think it's um it's something that i've kind of taught myself over the years and it's something that i need to put rein myself back on a lot as well i, I need to check myself on it uh, to give you an example i was talking to a friend on the weekend and we were talking about the five races and my my mind immediately moves to bad water because that's you know like the race that I've been trying to get into for 10 years, like the Super Bowl to me personally. Um, so I keep thinking about that race and I keep thinking about the three races after and I keep forgetting about Coca-Dona and I keep bringing myself back and actually, you know, in training, you know, exactly what I just discussed on the mileage front this week. It's, it's a good opportunity for me to just kind of practice not getting ahead of myself and I really like that. There's, there's lots of different things that I'm, I'm practicing in training that, you know, aren't necessarily running related in terms of, you know, physical training, but I think will help me to stand me in good stead when it comes to the race. So an example of that might be, you know, doing the split days, which as a coach, you'll, you'll know all about programming some nasty split days for people, I'm sure, you know, morning run, evening run. But then, you know, backing it up with a small turnaround to the run the next day, just 
little things to work that mental overload as well as a physical I guess obviously you train a lot but do you think about training every day yeah pretty much I, I, my coach does my programming so I just execute so he's actually based in Dubai and he does it all through training peaks for me and if I don't do it he, I basically get a lot of trouble and a lot of uh, abuse off him on my WhatsApp so it's easier for me to just do it and also my wife my wife my wealth my wealth um, my wife <laughs> is very um, very uh good at holding me to account on things so for example before I came on I'd done three and a half miles and I was getting off and I said oh I've got a podcast now going upstairs to the podcast she said well don't forget about the other 8.8 you've got to run this evening I'm like thanks dear now I was gonna forget about those of course so um yeah it's just kind of holding yourself account and having good people around you to make sure that you do that I guess massively important what's your wife's name Scott uh, Abby, Abby. And so, d- d- um, does Abby run? I mean, clearly she's very supportive. Does she get it from a running perspective, or is she just supportive as a as a loving wife? Um, she's supportive as a loving wife, but also uh, has pushed me to kind of new extremes on the running front as well. So, you know, she's been a big factor in everything that I've done over the last ten or twelve years, and I'm very grateful uh, to her for making me realize that I can push myself further and farther than I thought was possible it's just a case of you know applying the time to practice and and move towards that goal to give you an anecdote of how seriously my wife um takes this running malarkey um basically uh when I went out to Moab uh 240 so again for your listeners 240 mile race around the Moab desert in Utah it's a very, very difficult race. You're running from, you know, desert canyons in minus seven when you start the race to 30 degrees Celsius in the middle of the day, back to minus seven at night. So your crew is so important and your drop bags are so important. You know, if you make the wrong uh, pit stop at an aid station, you don't take on enough water or you don't take on enough salt tabs or enough calories you're talking, you know, 20 miles to the next aid station and a place like that, that's extremely remote. So you can get into all kinds of problems. So it went really, really well. Um, I was running the race, um, came through what I was hoping was going to be the last night um, out in the wilderness. And it got very, very cold. We went up into the mountains. It was 12,000 foot mountains, super cold, super frosty. Obviously, you know, getting towards a 200 mile point and things are starting to get a little bit confusing, not just physically, uh, but also mentally starting to hallucinate a little bit. Came into that last day and I was running and feeling pretty good. And then things started to kind of unravel. And at that point, I was at 15th in the race. So, you know, 200 people, I was pretty pleased with that. I didn't know that I was there until they mentioned it. I kind of got a little bit carried away thinking, well, it's only 16 miles to go. Maybe I can catch a few more people. Let's see how we go. So I started pushing and um, I started kind of unraveling more and more and more. So we got into this last aid station and my other two paces, I said, look, you know, 16 miles Abby, your wife should do this last section. You know, it's only right. She's been here by your side the whole time. 16 miles, it should really be, you know, in a normal day, two and a half hours max, really. It turned into an absolute nightmare. So I just started getting very, very confused and uncertain around where I was. And I'd only slept for, I think at that point, it was about two and a half hours in 80 hours of physical activity. Wow. Running, which was just 
bonkers. So um, I started to, to kind of run, walk, run, walk, and then I started staggering side to side. And I kept saying to my wife, I said, oh, um, you know, uh, why are you making me finish the race? I've already finished the race. It got dark and we we're up on this rim called Porcupine Rim. And you've got the Colorado River down to one side, a couple of thousand feet down to the other side. Um, and on the, the left-hand side, you've got this kind of kind of rocky kind of hill going up. So I started to, to run again, but I wasn't running with a purpose. I was running away um, from what I thought was a witch um, what I'd seen on the trail. So I ran and ran and ran, and eventually I fell over, and I could see the witch and uh, her head torch getting closer and closer to me. And um, I crawled off up under a rock, and the witch followed me and <laughs> was speaking to me in a very distinct Scottish accent, saying, you need, you need to come out from under the rock. And I said, well, I'm not too sure about that. You know, why are you making me run the race again, witch? Um, anyway, I wouldn't come out from under the rock and obviously it was getting pretty serious. So she, the witch, was trying to use her cellular phone to um, <laughs> ring the race to say, hey, I think I might need some help. And eventually this American guy, another runner came past, a guy called Jason. I didn't know him at the time. But he said, hey, man, you, what are you doing under that rock there? I said, well, I'm trying to sleep and you're bothering me. And he's, no, no, you can't sleep under the rock. It's like 2 a.m. and it's minus seven, man. You need to come out. So I said, oh, I'm not coming out. He said, well, I, I, got, some, I got some crackers. I said, well, what kind of crackers have you got? And he said, well, I've got some peanut butter crackers and some, um, some cookies. Do you want some? I said, well, since you put it like that, I'll come out from under the rock. And it was only at that point where I started eating these crackers that I turned around and I, I realised that the witch actually wasn't the witch. It was my wife. <laughs> the whole time I've been running, running away for like three hours from this witch was actually my wife. Although so, some people may describe it as factually accurate, Jake. Um, I'd like to point out that it wasn't. So you literally found yourself between a witch and a hard place. <laughs> She's here. She lives with me now. And in terms of nutrition and stuff, you know, which is obviously a big part of recovery is nutrition, good nutrition. In terms of training rather than sort of when you're out there doing these events, what does your diet look like typically? I mean, I know I saw one of your videos on Instagram when you, you were elated because you got the place in Badwater and just to the right of the screen was a, was a, was a real ale there. So I know you like your beer, but what's your <laughs> diet typically like? I know it's not squeaky clean. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Come on, open up. Tell us. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's a typical ultra runner's diet, and um, I think it's one of those <laughs> events where you feel like you can just eat whatever you want when you when you run that far. Which, to an extent, you can. I mean, yes, my my diet could definitely be cleaner. Um, would it make that much difference? It's not like anyone's going to turn up and ask me to run the Olympics. So I, I think to myself, well. You know, a good bit of balance is, is a nice thing to have. So I do try to eat healthy. I do eat meat. Um, certainly during the races, um, I tend to eat a lot of real food. I don't eat a lot of gels or cliff bars or anything like that. I find cliff bars, sorry to, to cliff company if they're listening, I'm probably not going to get sponsored by them anytime We've soon. We've just lost a listener. I can't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe oh, it. Mr. Cliff listens sorry. every week. <laughs> Mr. Cliff, he's going to be so annoyed about this. They're just so difficult to eat. And I guess there's an element of when you're running that far, you almost need to kind of try and keep some kind of sense of normality to the calories that you're taking in. So, you know, typically on some of the ultras I've done over here, I've, I've done, you know, 
um, Grand Union Canal from Birmingham to London, 145 miles. And I like to kind of say to my crew, look, I'll have a sausage McMuffin, uh, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning, lunchtime, maybe a sandwich. And in the evening, can you try and get some pizza or some chips or something that's going to give you a, a, a bit of a physical and mental boost? Because... I've been at races where, you know, it's rained on on you the entire day and I, I've struggled to find people that would say, oh, yeah, it's a really good idea when you're cold, wet, damp and you've got to run all night to go, well, I think I'll just take a couple of berries, a bit of watermelon and uh, a, a sports gel. I think it, it for me personally, I find that it's a lot better to kind of get something warm inside you, get something that's got a lot of carbohydrate that you can then use for fuel to, to keep you going for a night and also it picks you up mentally you know it could be you're running towards you know the 60 mile point or 70 mile point in a race you've run all day and you think to yourself coming back to breaking it down into segments well if I text my witch and ask her to bring me uh, <laughs> that was witch or slash wife for clarity <laughs> I, listen I don't want to be divorced after this podcast Jake this will cost me you're in safe hands yeah very good if I ask my dearly beloved wife very kindly please could you get me a Domino's pizza you know that kind of mental boost can get you through the next 10 miles you eat the pizza you get through the next 10 miles all of a sudden you're at 18 you've got 20 to go so yeah breaking it down is important we can't let you go without talking about the kind of you know not not to sort of rain on the parade here but it's more concern you know just from talking to you i can see how much you're up for this challenge what chance do we stand that this is going to go ahead i mean are there there must be some concerns over the logistics and and covid and i would hate to see you know the situation we're in not allow you to get out there and achieve this stuff where do you go from there have you thought about that in your mind have you dealt with it yeah, yeah, I've absolutely dealt with it. So, I, you know, Cocodona, I think, is the one at the biggest kind of risk because it's right at the beginning of May. And I've accepted that, you know, there's that chance that that might not go ahead. I think, you know, the adaptation for me on that is that I'll have to come up with some kind of FKT or some kind of route that hasn't been done before, most likely in the UK, which is fine. I'm, I'm quite happy to do that. I think the one for me, obviously... Bad water. I'd be really disappointed if that didn't go ahead this year. But again, you've just got to accept um, the situation. And it's almost like one of those things that you just got to put it into perspective, right? You know, I'm lucky enough to be able to get out and, and go running. And at the end of the day, if all my races get cancelled, they get cancelled. But can I do alternative activities which still raise money for charity? Yeah. Just get to put my, my, my little dream on hold to next year. But that's a small price to pay if it means that everyone gets to be safe and, and well I'd swap you know that goal for the safety and wellness of our general population as a whole yeah absolutely I don't think there's a single person listening to this that will disagree with that it is about perspective as you say but look you know spinning it on its head here leaving on a positive on a high I have no doubt this is going to go ahead come on positivity Thanks, can't man. you get you. Can't, yeah. can't you get your witch to create some kind of like magic spell or something where everything goes away and, and <laughs> we can return to normal and you are able to smash these challenges that'd be wicked wouldn't it if we could do that <laughs> I would love that, that would be good I, I get her to expedite the J&J vaccine that would be nice <laughs> man i wish you all the luck in the world if people want to keep up with your training your events what you're up to this bonkers challenge which you're going to smash uh, they can follow you on instagram it's scott j jenkins isn't it your uh, your handle there and obviously raising money i'm going to link that in the show notes page as well if you do want to support scott uh, that's operation smile uk 
I just think this is going to be great. I can't wait to hear how you go. But before you leave the show, we have to ask you, we ask all of our guests, this is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? Oh, that's a really good question, Jake. I've said that a few times. You've asked me some great questions. Thank you. These are the best. I pulled out all the stops tonight. Yeah, you really have. I think it probably means what I talked about earlier in in this show in that it's about finding your why in life and finding something that you're passionate about, buying into that 100% and then giving everything you can to achieve that. And I think that if you can find what your why is in life, for me, that's, you know, running and, and looking after people and, 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 you know, achieving a worthy goal in terms of helping others, then if you can find your why, then I think you'll, you'll find the motivation to achieve what you want. Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure. Go and smash your training week, mate. Have an awesome one. Catch up soon. Thanks, Jake. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and uh, yeah, take care of yourself. Running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. Everybody all okay? Still feeling positive? Not panicking about the end of the world? Good. Just checking. It is that time of the show. Patreon Pete, off you go. <laughs> well, do you know what? What I'd like to say is I'd like to genuinely, I'd like to say thank you so much to all of our patrons. Um, I, we, if, you, if you want to get involved in this and if you want to add something back uh, and give us something if you enjoy the content that we create for you, um, then all you got to do is go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast or just search for us on the Patreon website. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got some new patrons this week. Richard Newhouse, he's new. Fantastic. Thank, Thanks, Richard. Thank you so Top much. Richard. It, re- it really does mean loads. And I, I can't tell you how much it means. Lynn Patrick is new. And she sent us a lovely, lovely email in the week that was really touching. And I think, um, we're not touching on any negatives at all, but because we've had a challenging week, we've had a challenging time recently, I think Lynn's email was lovely. And it really just, I, I, I did a screenshot of it, sent it to you, and you were like, wow, that's actually blowing me away. So thanks so you much, did. Lynn, for that. And, and thanks for the donation that you give as well. And and also, I don't know. I, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this one up to you. Okay, this is an Italian guy. He looks really cool. I've got his email address, uh, but I don't know how to say his name. Okay, I, I can see that his okay. um, that his Patreon profile is an Italian. I put that into Google Translate, and that's like some some really deep stuff. Um, or either that or Google Translate's not done a very good job. Um, his name is G H uh, I M. Either Jim or Gim or him I don't know is there a silent G in the Italian language I don't know I don't know silent, well no if it's a silent well, well, you, I mean yeah is, or is it a silent H I don't if it's know. a silent H and it could be Gim Gim or Jim I don't know well, there's no. I guess it could be Jim, couldn't it? I don't. I don't know. The point is that you have an Italian girlfriend. If you don't know, we are massive, by the way, in Italy. We've got loads of listeners in Italy. Um, I don't know if that's the Martina connection or not, or maybe it's the Gim, Jim, him, Gim. I think I've got it. Connection. It's a silent M. It's Gi. Gi. Really? I don't know. Have you just made that up? I've just made that it up. It could yes. be Gi. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Gi, Jim, <laughs> Gim, whatever. Thank you so much. It does mean loads. If you do want to get involved, we'll give you extra, extra special love. Uh, of course we will. It's runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Let's keep the positivity rolling. Yes. It's time for hashtag Ask Jake. 
And Janice has been in touch because she's taking part in Red January. So this is an initiative to get people moving at the start of the year. Red January run every day. And she's coming very close to the end now. February is in sight. And she wants to know if I have any last minute tips or tricks to help keep her motivated to get through to the end. Janice, this is really interesting because I think a lot of people that are doing Red January will feel as you are feeling now. And I think there's a couple of things here. Really focus on the fact that the end is in sight. You are so close now. It's always harder at the beginning to gain that traction and momentum because you've got it in your head. You're aware of the journey that and the path that lies in front of you. But as you get stuck into it, you start to get that momentum. So know that you've only got a few days left. There is the finish line in sight. And the other thing is, I think it's really worth rewarding yourself with a nice easy week or dare I say a complete week off running and training in the first of Feb. You won't go backwards, you won't lose fitness but what that will do is just help you to hit the reset button both physically from the stress of Red January and also mentally and you'll be itching to get going again in the second week. I hope that helps Janice. Keep going, you're almost there. We've got your back. If you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com That brings us to the end of a supercharged, positively positive, highly motivating episode of the Running With Jake podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show and, more importantly, staying positive. Massive thank you to our guest, Scott Jenkins, for inspiring us today. And don't forget to never miss an episode. Just press the little subscribe button on the mobile app that you use to listen to the show so you never miss any of the great content. We will be back here next week for more motivation and madness. Have a great week. Oh, and one more thing. We pulled together, we stayed as one. Show's over, back to the crap. Mass hysteria, doom and panic! (laughs) 